This is part two of Age of Anxiety by Robert Silverberg. Before we start our story, I do have one request. Share these stories with your friends and family and help our cozy coffee break community grow. Now, let the story begin. Suddenly, he wanted to be home, wanted to know again the smooth placidity of an unworried day. He started to walk faster, then to run. After half a block, he stopped suddenly. Where am I running? He didn't know. He felt trapped, hemmed in, overwhelmed by despair. So this is the city? Sorry, I don't care for it. You're all alone, aren't you? Said a sudden voice from behind him. It's not wise on your first day off the drug. Larry turned. The man behind him was tall and narrow-shouldered, with the pinched, baggy face of a grown-up and a wide, sly smile. "'Yes, I'm all alone,' he said. "'I thought so. I can tell a changer when I see one, even without the armband.' Larry glanced down at his arm quickly and saw that the identifying armband was gone. Somehow, somewhere, he must have ripped it off. He looked at the stranger and in a hoarse voice asked, "'What do you want?' "'A companion for a drink,' the stranger said. "'Care to join me?' "'No, I—' "'All right,' Larry said with a firmness that surprised him. "'Let's go have a drink.' The alcohol stung his mouth, and the flavoring in the drink tasted rancid. But he put the whole thing down and looked across the table at the stranger. "'I don't much like that drink,' he said. "'Not surprising,' the other grinned. "'It's one of our favorites.' Our? City people, I mean. Ulcer people. We gobble the stuff up. Not surprising you don't like it. Larry touched his forefingers lightly together. I don't think I'd ever like it, no matter how long I tried to get used to it. Oh? The stranger's left eyebrow rose slightly. Never? Larry shook his head. Or the rest of the city, for that matter. He sighed. I don't think I'm the city type. I think I'm going to give the whole thing up and go back home. The city isn't for me. Have another drink, the stranger said. Go on, I'll pay. It'll take your mind off your problems. There's a capsule that'll do it a lot more efficiently, Larry said. I don't need bad-tasting drinks to ease my mind. You're definitely cashing in your chips then? What? I mean, you're definitely choosing Koletsky for life, eh? Larry paused a while, letting the images of the city filter through his mind again. Finally, he nodded. I think so. I really do. Two full days more and you've made up your mind? The stranger shook his head. That'll never do, son. You'll have to think more deeply. How deep do I have to think? Tell me what anxiety is, the stranger countered. Taken aback by the sudden and seemingly irrelevant question, Larry blinked. Anxiety? Why, worry, isn't it? Fear, ulcers, and headaches? The stranger shook his head slowly and dialed another drink. Anxiety is the feelings that things are too good, that you're riding for a fall, he said carefully. It's a sense of things about to get worse. Larry remembered the bubble vendor and nodded. But they have to be pretty good to start with, don't they? Right. You've got to have something pretty good and be worried that you're going to lose it. Then you fight to keep it. Challenge response. That's anxiety. Fear's something different. Then you creep into the corner and shake, or you hang onto the side of a wall. 
Hmm, I think I'll take another drink, Larry said thoughtfully. You get what I mean? Anxiety pushes and prods you, but it doesn't make you shrivel. You've got to be strong to stand up under it. That's how our world works. So? You haven't experienced any real anxiety yet, boy. Just fear, and you're reacting out of fear. You can't judge your response to something if you're really responding to something else. Larry frowned and gulped his drink. It tasted a little better this time, though only imperceptibly so. You mean I'm deciding too quickly, then? That I ought to look around the city a little longer? Yes and no, the stranger said. You're deciding much too quickly, yes. But looking around the city won't do. No. Go back home. Home? Home. Go back to your playground. Look there. Then decide. Larry nodded slowly. Sure, he said. Sure, that's it. He felt the tension drain out of him. I think I'll have one more drink before I go. The playground was crowded on the second day of Larry's three-day period. Small children played happily near the shimmering wading pond. Older ones gathered for games in the playing field farther on, and far in the distance a group of permanent unworriers sat complacently in the sun, neither thinking nor moving. Humming robo-nurses threaded here and there through the playground, seeing to it that no one got into any trouble. They were necessary, of course, because the unworried children would have no fear of leaping from a tree headfirst or walking into the path of a speeding baseball. Larry stood at the edge of the playground, leaning against the fence, watching. His friends were there, the boys he had played with only two days before, still happily occupied with their games and their bubble toys. Walking carefully in order not to be seen, he skirted the side of the playing area and headed for the green fields where the permanents were. There were about a hundred of them, of all ages. Larry recognized a former playmate of his, a boy of about nineteen now. There were older men, too, some well along in middle age. They sat quietly, unmoving most of them, smiling pleasantly. Larry entered the field and walked to the nearest bench. Mind if I join you? The man on the bench grinned. No, not at all. Sit right down, friend. Larry sat. You're a permanent, aren't you? He asked suddenly. A shadow seemed to cross the man's face. Yes, he said slowly. Yes, I'm a permanent. Who are you? I'm changing. Larry said. Oh. The permanent studied him idly for a moment or two, then leaned back and closed his eyes. It's nice here, he said. The sun's warm. Larry frowned. What do you do when it rains? We go indoors, the permanent said. Look, I think, I think it's starting to rain now, Larry pointed at the bright, cloudless sky. There'll be a terrible thunderstorm any minute. The robo-nurses should be here then. Yes, Larry said. Where are they? Why aren't they here? They'll be here, the permanent said blandly. I don't think so. I don't think they're coming. They're going to let you get wet, the permanent shrugged. They wouldn't do that, he said. Of course not, a new voice said. Larry glanced up, startled. 
The copper alloy face of a robo-nurse looked down at him. He goggled confusedly. The robo-nurse's grip seized his shoulders gently. You'll have to leave here, boy. We can't have you disturbing these people. Larry stood up. All right, he said. I'll go. He had seen all he needed to see. The stranger in the city had been right, Larry thought, as he made his way back to his home. The place to look had been in the playground. He had seen something even more frightening than the city. His father was waiting for him as he entered. Well? Larry sat down heavily in a new mo chair and knit his hands together. I've seen the playground, he said. Yesterday the city, today the playground. What's left to see? You've seen it all, son. Larry studied his father's pale face for a moment. I thought the city was pretty horrible. I decided yesterday I'd become a permanent. I know. Your watcher told me. Watcher? You know, the man who took you for drinks. You don't think I'd let you go into the city alone, do you? Larry smiled. I thought he was too neat, the way he met me and sent me back. But he looked up helplessly at his father. Today I saw the playground, Dad, and I don't know what to do. His voice trailed off. What's the trouble, son? Tomorrow I have to make my choice. Well, the playground seems to be out. They turn into vegetables there. But am I ready for the city? I don't understand, Larry. I was sickened by the place, he leaned forward and said. Dad, why are children raised on the unworry drug? We try to spare you, his father said. Seventeen years of tranquility. It's good, isn't it? Not when it ends. It's the worst possible preparation for a life in your world, Dad. I'm not ready for it, and I never will be. My childhood hasn't taught me how to worry. Suddenly, his father began to chuckle, first deep in his stomach, then high up in his throat, a ratchety, rasping laugh. What's the matter? Larry asked angrily. What's so funny? You say you don't know how to worry? Why, you're practically an expert at it. What do you mean by that? Suppose you tell me what you've been thinking of the past two days. Everything. Larry stood up and walked to the door. The robo-nurse was waiting in the next room, patient, unmoving. After a moment, he turned to his father. Well, I've been thinking that I don't like this city, that I'm afraid I wasn't properly prepared for it, that I think raising me on the unworried drug robbed me of any chance I'd have to learn to stand the strains of city life, that even so, I don't like the playground either, and I'm caught between... He checked each item off on his fingers. That, that's enough, Larry. You've analyzed it nicely. Slowly, the truth opened out before him and an embarrassed grin widened on his face. Resistance to strain could be acquired overnight by nine out of ten. Nine out of ten didn't need a long, grueling childhood to prepare them for adulthood. The tenth would never grow up anyway. I've been worrying, he said. I'm the worrying kind. I've been worrying since yesterday, and I didn't even know it. His father nodded. Larry took the capsule box from its shelf, opened it, stared at the three different kinds of capsules inside. There never really was any choice after all, was there? No, your choice was made yesterday morning. 
If you didn't have the stuff for this city life, you'd have grabbed for the unworry capsule the second you saw it. But you didn't. You stopped to make a decision and won your citizenship right then and there. You proved it to us. And by fighting with yourself over the decision you thought you still had to make, you proved it to yourself. Larry's smile spread. Sure, the ability to worry is the measure of successful city life, he said. And I'm a regular worry ward already. The excitement of the past two days still thumped in his stomach, and it was only the beginning. I belong here. Why, it won't be long before I'll get my first ulcer. His father was radiant with paternal pride. Welcome to your heritage, son. The heritage of the civilized man. You've got the makings of a first-rate citizen. As your cup empties and the final words of our story linger in the air, we hope you enjoy this brief escape. Join us for the next episode of A Cup of Fiction. <laughs>